Time to transition from worship to the word. Would you lift your hands this way? And would you right now in doing so honor the Lord, honor King Jesus in his house? And at the same time, I want you to pray with me and I want you to pray for me as we bring this word tonight. I really feel an urgency in my heart. I feel like the Lord has given me a word. It's an in-season word, I feel like. And I want us to really focus in on what the Lord has for us tonight. Father, we come to you. In the name of Jesus, your son, the name that is above every name, according to your word. God, we take pause right now, and we just thank you for the mighty move, Holy Spirit, of what you provided for your people this morning. What a powerful move. God, you showed up in such an unbelievable way. People were touched and changed. I believe there was people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was people that were refilled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this day and age. Push over cliche Christianity. Push over cliche converts. They're not cutting it anymore. We're living in a time of urgency, but we're living in exciting times. We're living in end times. And Father, I pray tonight as I bring this word, I feel like you've dropped it into my spirit. I pray, God, that you would help me to deliver it with clarity, with urgency. But, Lord, I don't want it to fall on deaf ears. Lord, I want it to fall on open hearts and open minds. And, God, I pray that you would right now, this very instant, through the worship, tonight you have already begun to move upon your people. They're attentive. They're ready to receive. Not because of me, not because of anything I am, but because of your word. The word. The Holy Spirit is here. King Jesus is in the house. And he is moving on his people. God, you're going to encourage some. You're going to correct some. You're going to exhort some. You're going to set some free. God, you're going to heal some tonight. You, there's just so many operations that you're wanting to do, Jesus. And we welcome you into your own house. And we are your guests in your house. And we're excited to be here. We are excited for what it is that you are doing with this church. We're excited. We're excited for this year of 2020. We're excited of what is in store for us as individuals and in our families. I feel like praying, church. We, we are excited for what you're going to do for us in our health. Family members saved. I believe in household salvation. And I believe people are going to be saved. Entire families are going to be saved in this year of 2020. I believe... This community is going to be rocked and shaken by the power of God. That people are going to come alive like never before because the unction of the Holy Spirit is welling up inside of them. And it's not going to let them sit idly by when people that they sit next to in the workplaces and at home and, in, and walking past in Walmart aren't saved. God, you're going to give direction and people are going to come to know you as Lord and Savior in, in miraculous ways. God, I'm believing that the limits are being lifted off this church. I believe it. I believe limits are being lifted. That, that, that these hedges, these things that have been, been, been on us and, and kept us from breaking through, I believe in the Spirit they're coming off. That momentum is building. That greater victories are in store for us as individuals and for this church. I believe we are a, a hub of the last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That revival is going to come. I, I pray this and I prophesy this in Jesus' name. 
Let it be so. And everybody that agrees, say amen. Amen and amen. I want you to open your Bibles tonight to a very familiar passage of Scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And because it's familiar, please don't uh, turn a deaf ear to it because I feel like God has, has given a little bit of fresh insight on this and I want to bring this to you. I, I, I'm preaching a message that the Lord has given me. I've entitled, Lift the Limits. Lift the Limits. And in this passage of Scripture found in 1 Samuel 17, verses 33 through uh, 37. If you would stand tonight for the reading of the word. Very familiar. And it says this, but Paul, or excuse me, Saul replied, you can't go fight this Philistine, that you are just a youth. And he's been a warrior, speaking of Goliath, since he was young. And David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it. And I struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Somebody say amen. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of this lion and from the paw of this bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I really feel in my spirit that 2020 is now and will continue to be a year of fulfilled vision. I believe that momentum for this church and for you as an individual and for the kingdom of God is coming about. When you think about vision, 2020 is what? It is perfect vision. It is bringing about nuance. It is bringing about a clarity of sight of what is to come. And in my spirit, I can see clearly victory is in store for this church. And it seems to me that the prophetic season, the end time season in which we find ourselves, that God is demanding the fulfillment of assignments and callings. There is a nudging by God in the spirit realm that's happening in people's lives. In fact, Pastor alluded to it this morning when he said that there are multiple people within this church for some unexplained reason, and we know the real reason, it's the Holy Spirit, that they are coming alive in and of themselves that God has begun to nudge them into soul winning. That God is beginning to nudge them into destiny, into ministry, to do things, to witness the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this leading of the Holy Spirit, it is pushing and it is compelling. And I want you to know in Scripture, especially in the New Testament, that the word compel is a very strong word. It's a word that means that we are, to, we are being driven by the Holy Spirit to either get in or to get out of what it is that God is doing. Why? Because God is looking to make a difference, an even greater difference on the earth, and he needs difference makers. How many of you want to be a difference maker for the cause of Christ this year? In this instant, you want to be a difference maker. You want God to not only use you, but you want to see great things in store. Listen, I know that the Bible gives many different seasons. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3 mentions that there are 28 different seasons of life. In fact, it even mentions that there is a time to lose. And the Lord dropped it in my spirit. Listen, we are not in a losing season. We are in a winning season right now. Somebody say amen. How many of you believe we're in a winning season? We're in a winning season. And I don't know about you, but I want to make a difference. In fact, as one man said, I found a quote that said, I want to make a difference for God that exceeds what I am really capable of doing. 
I want my, uh, my, the difference that I make for the cause of Christ to be totally disproportionate to who I am as a man and as an individual. Given my past, given all my faults and failures, I want God to, to blow all that away and make a difference in, for the cause of Jesus Christ, for the kingdom's sake, for the gospel's sake. And how is that going to happen? It takes the spirit and the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost in your life to totally blow the doors off and impact the kind of the kingdom the way the Lord wants to. I want spiritual thrust in my life that helps me carry me, as the scripture says, from victory to victory, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And that only happens as a result of the Holy Spirit living and moving and operating in a dynamic way in my life and your life. How often have people wanted to rise up under the power of God to do something and go forward, but that voice inside of them says no. That voice inside of them begins to make up all the excuses. You're not holy enough. You're not sanctified enough. You're not consecrated enough. You're, you're, you're not uh, respected enough. You're not educated enough. You're not good looking enough. You don't have the connections. You don't have enough anointing. And we begin to listen to these lies and the impact that the Lord wants to do in your life. We begin to make excuses. And here's what happens. The Lord showed this to me. We start to argue against God's leading and argue in favor of the limitations that the devil's put on us. We actually switch sides and start being an advocate for the devil and what he's trying to do in our lives as opposed to being an advocate for what it is God's wanting to do in our lives. And God says in this year of 2020, I am wanting to lift the limitations off of your life. I want you to see who you are in Christ and I want you to go forward in power and anointing and see the kingdom change. Somebody say amen in the house. Limitations, people buy into them. The scripture says, listen, enough of that. The scripture says this, that your ears, in Isaiah 30 and verse 21, I can just see this. That your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's what the scripture says. And whenever you feel less than, there's the Spirit of God that begins to speak behind you as He's nudging you, as He's pushing you, as He's compelling you in certain arenas and in certain directions. He's right behind you saying, this is the way. Follow after it. God is speaking to you in this church. And we have to listen. This voice is leading. He's giving insight. And if you listen, God wants to carry you into a greater anointing, into a greater momentum. Psalm 84 and verse 7 says this, that they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Listen, I want my life to be to walk from strength to strengthen God until one day I stand before him. That's what the scripture says, that I want my impact, I want my increase to just do that increase, to go from strength to strength, to take as many people as I can to heaven with me, to be a difference maker for the cause of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says this, and we all having unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the spirit. So God wants us to go from strength strength to strength, from glory to glory. Why? Because he's taking the limits off in this year of 2020. 
Are you hearing me? I really believe God is taking the limits off. And these scriptures speak to the momentum. They, they speak to this principle of spiritual momentum. Of the Spirit of God that what He's wanting to do in each of our lives. In fact, our, our Wednesday night class that I teach, that's what it's called. It's called Momentum Ministries. It's taking people from where they are and the idea and the motive behind it, God dropped in my spirit a long time ago, is to take people and help, 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 help disciple them and encourage them and exhort them and help propel them under the power of the Holy Spirit to build momentum for things to come that they launch out into their God-given destiny. He wants to push people forward. He wants to boost them. He wants to motivate them. He wants to take them from the next level where Zach's got them, build them into some momentum, and carry them on into their cause for Christ. Where we go deeper in a relationship with the Lord. Listen, in, in sports arena, it's called the big mo. Anybody ever heard that expression before? The big momentum. Listen, if you just watch the Chiefs, how many of you watch the Chiefs game? We went into the first quarter of that. There was very little momentum for the Chiefs. Somebody say amen. It was down and out. Into the first quarter, they were down 21 nothing. I think it was. I was already depressed. All of a sudden, the Texans mess up. They, they, the, the momentum shifted. And then, and then Kansas City kicked it into high gear, and they ended up whipping them 51 to whatever it was. I've never seen a game quite like it. The momentum right in the middle of that game shifted. And I'm telling you that just as there is a, a principle in the natural, there's also a principle in the spirit where people and teams just seem to go from win after win, from victory after victory. And in this year of 2020, God is wanting it to be a year of momentum and victory in your life. It's a spiritual principle as well. Many Christians will get a victory. They'll get one big win. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, once they get that one, that one big win, they'll get a breakthrough. All of a sudden, they just kind of stop and say, well, I think I'm just going to take it easy for a little bit. That was such a hard fight. I think I'm just going to sit down and take it easy in Zion. But listen, you got to understand that even after one victory does not represent momentum. One victory does not represent momentum. Listen, even a blind dog finds a bone every once in a while. God may give you a victory in one arena, but you got to have two victories to establish a pattern. And then when you step on into three victories, well, now we've got some clarity of sight. There's something happening here. And you step into your fourth victory. Well, now, without a shadow of a doubt, God is doing something spectacular. And by the time four and five and six, all of a sudden, you now begin to expect it. Hmm, God's got a plan. God is doing something here. He's given me victories in the past. I'm expecting victories in the future. And can I tell you, this year of 2020 is going to be a year of victory for you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Victory after victory builds momentum. And the greater the momentum, the greater the impact. You know this is true. I took physics in high school. I didn't do very good at it, but I took it. I understand a little bit. of. Let me give you a little bit of an illustration. If I was to be up here tonight and I had a battering ram, and I even thought about getting a big long stick and rounding some people up, but I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to save them. I'm going to spare them. But if you had a big long stick and it was round, 
and, and you was to come up to some kind of a city gate, you was to come up to some kind of a barrier, you don't just take, you know, a step back and just kind of smash into that thing and get the momentum and get the inertia going. You don't, you, no, no, no. You, you can't do it all by yourself either. You step back. And you get a run at that thing. And you focus your energy on one part of that wall or one part of that door. And the more people that you got, the more momentum that you got, the greater the impact you're going to have. And all of a sudden you come to the wall. And what used to stop you, what always used to defeat you, what always used to keep you down, what always used to limit you, now no longer does so because God's given you victory and he's given you breakthrough in these arenas. And listen, the greater the momentum, the greater the impact towards victory. That's why people, let me, let me just tell you something. Everybody comes to church anymore, they're wanting a revelation. We, we got to have a revelation. I got to have some kind of a bumper phrase, a, a bumper sticker phrase that I can go home with. Well, let me tell you, you want a revelation tonight? Here's your revelation tonight. Here's the word of the Lord from you. If you're down, if you're beat down and you don't have victory, keep trying. There's your revelation tonight. Listen, I know that's not going to make it on some kind of a, a Facebook post. Nobody's going to put that up there or put it on a bumper sticker. But listen, the revelation is this, is that if you're down in the spirit and you don't have victory, hit it again in the spirit. Hit that arena again in the spirit. Hit your problem again in prayer. Hit your problem again in the word. Hit your problem again in worship. Hit your problem again with praise. Back up and take another run at that thing in the spirit until momentum is on your side and God gives you the breakthrough. Joshua 23 and verse 10 says this, One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he is it that fights for you as he promised. That's momentum. One man puts a thousand to flight. That's a spiritual thing. That's a God thing where the Lord is on your side giving you anointing and momentum to go, to go forward. Limitations get lifted and greater, a greater difference is being made. The consequence of one victory usually means that another victory is on its way. Because momentum will, throw, will, will shift and it will throw the enemy off balance. Did you ever realize that? In these massive battles that have happened throughout history, you'll come to this climax moment in the battle and, and, and then eventually one side will get the upper hand over the, uh, on the, of the other one and it turns the tide of the battle, but often it turns the tide of the entire war that's in front of them. Momentum shifts and it throws the enemy off balance. And can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is able to throw the enemy off balance? He is able to throw the enemy out of place and off balance the plans and the tactics and the strategies that he has for your life. In one moment, in one battle, God can change that momentum in your favor. So, we got to stop this tendency of stopping. Well, thank God, i got a breakthrough tonight. I think I'm just going to sit back in my chair and pew for a while. And take it easy in Zion. No, 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 no. Because you're hindering momentum. When the momentum is going, you've got to keep going. Increase your momentum. Take others with you to help increase the impact of the, of the things that you're struggling with. Listen, there are personal victories. There are family victories. There's corporate body victories. And, and when you are tired, it's those people that help you carry on the momentum. When we think in Scripture, the Bible likens the Holy Spirit in us to a strong and mighty rushing wind. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. 
It says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come, they were all in, in one accord in one place. In other words, prior to this moment, we can look throughout Scripture in the Old Testament. We see deposits of God's Spirit doing wonderful things in, in, in the nation of Israel and in individuals' lives. We see the Holy Spirit come down. In other places in the New Testament prior to, we see the Holy Spirit coming down at certain times and places. But it was small compared to what happened in Acts chapter 2 because the time of fullness had not come. It says that the Holy Spirit came in, in, in fullness. And prior to that, we saw glimpses of the Spirit. But the momentum was building to that day. And a strong storm of the Holy Spirit of God hit those men, hit those women in the upper room. And they were never the same after that. And can I tell you, the church has never been the same since. Since the day of Pentecost, the church has never been the same. So when God grants a victory... We're to ride that victory to another victory. That's what David meant. That's what David was experiencing. In the scripture I read to you, he began to recite to himself, Well, let's see. I slew a lion and I slew a bear. And now I know that I can slay this giant in my life because there's a pattern and I've got momentum on my side. I've got God on my side. Now these, impact, these things that are in my way, these obstacles, God has given me the ability to go through. David was building up his faith. And can I tell you, we need to do that each and every day. We need to build up our most holy faith. He was building up his heart. He was building up his confidence on top of the other things that he was experiencing so that he could fight the battle to come. You see, momentum gives you confidence. It does. You go ask some of these NFL teams. You ask the Kansas City Chiefs tonight if they feel like they can win the Super Bowl. And I guarantee you every one of them will tell you absolutely we can because there's, there's a momentum that has built up. They, they have a confidence of themselves where they can't believe they got this far. But here we are this far. We beat everybody else. So whatever kind of obstacles in our way, we can take them too. And there's a principle in the spirit where God is building the momentum of this church. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The momentum of this church is building up. The limits that, that used to be on it, God is removing those limits and we're fixing to make an even greater impact on the kingdom, for, uh, on the kingdom of God. Listen, when momentum is going, don't, sl don't slay your giant and then stop. Waiting on the enemy to attack you. Stopping has a huge cost. Let me bore you for just a minute. Let me bore you for just a minute. One of the one of the most epic moments in American history happened on a battlefield in a little town called Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. In 1863, there was a Confederate general by the name of Robert E. Lee. Hang with me now. Hang with This is huge. He led an army up into the northern states. This is in the middle of the United States Civil War, the American Civil War. He led an army up into Pennsylvania. He invaded the north. And they clashed, he and the Union forces, their general was a guy by the name of George Meade. Thousands upon thousands of soldiers pitted against each other in the middle of a little uh, Pennsylvania town, a little village. where Epic battle came. And in this battle, it was really, all the historians will tell you, that it was, it was a pivotal moment in American history. 
That one battle probably decided the fate of the entire war because it shifted the momentum of the war up until that point. Up until that point, the northern states, the Union armies, they had been experiencing defeat after defeat after defeat. And all of a sudden, in one moment, in one battle that lasted over three days, the entire tide of the war turned from one battle. The momentum shifted. And all of a sudden, Robert E. Lee, who had been on this epic winning streak, he lost his first major engagement. The enemy was in full retreat. Robert E. Lee was in full retreat. Abraham Lincoln in Washington, D.C. hears about the battle. He understands that the Union forces won and that the Confederate forces are in full retreat. And he's sending off all of these, these telegrams to the general, General Meade. He's saying, pursue. Go after him. Take him down. Whip him before he gets across into enemy territory. This is your chance. Go after him. Go after him. Go after him. And all of a sudden, George Meade says, no, no, no. My men are tired. We've won a great victory. We're not going to go after him. And because of that, the war itself went on for two more years. Thousands of men died as a result if he had only understood the moment. If he had only grasped the moment, that momentum had shifted. The president, Abraham Lincoln, knew this was the moment. We've got to go after him. But because General Meade said, no, 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 our people are tired. We're going to hold back. It drug the war out for two more years. And can I tell you, that delay, delay, not following the momentum, not pursuing when God has given the way, will cost you more than expected. Are you hearing me, church? Church attendance. Staying in the Word, staying in prayer, all these things that we do as Christians are designed to get and help keep our spiritual fervor and momentum. These are principles established by God to lift the limits. And you can do these things when the spiritual momentum is there versus when it's not. Listen, I know that the Bible talks about how the Lord gives His beloved rest and certainly He does. But when you are in a season of victory after victory, don't stop. Are you hearing me? When you find yourself in a season of victory after victory, don't just sit back and say, well, you know what? Things are looking good. We're taking it easy. This is the time to kick it into high gear and go after the things that you never expected to go after. I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever ran down a hill? It's dangerous. Momentum, let me tell you, momentum can get scary. Are you hearing me, church? It can get scary. Even in the spirit, all these opportunities, all of a sudden, all these battles are starting to be won. And, and, and you're, you get, you get kind of off balance. Where are we going? And your legs start going faster than you can keep up with, and you don't know what's going on. Momentum can sometimes be a scary thing. I also know that sometimes and many times, momentum will be your best advocate. I have ridden enough four-wheelers and enough... UTVs to know that when you're going up a hill, a big hill, momentum is your best friend. Come on, somebody. Anybody else ever done anything stupid on a four-wheeler? Raise your hand. Going up these massive... We're enough, we're enough hillbillies around here. We ride enough four-wheeler. We know, you all know what I'm talking about. 
you're sitting around out in the middle of the field. Well, you know, are, are you dumb enough to go up that hill? Well, I'm dumb enough if you're dumb enough. All right, well, let's do it. And one thing we'll always tell one another is this kind of stuff. Now, listen, it's like we don't know. We already know, but we have to tell them the obvious. Now, listen, when you start going, you don't stop. When you start taking off, and don't get afraid, don't, don't, don't get scared right at the last minute because if you're going to go up that hill, if you aren't going 90 to nothing, if you, if you back off, if you hit the brakes halfway through, if, if you stumble, if you slow, you are not going to make it if you back off. So whenever you commit, you better go. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever had anybody else? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, you ride with some kind of crazy man and all of a sudden now, you're not the one to control. He's in control, and you're going up the hill. Listen, this happened to me not long ago. We took off up a hill, and I'm screaming at him as we're doing about 70 mile an hour, getting ready to hit a hill, and I'm screaming. I'm the passenger. What's on the other side? He, this is what he told me as he's driving. This is no exaggeration. He said, I don't know. You talk about praying. <laughs> You laugh now. There wasn't no laughing in the moment, I can promise you. But momentum can be your best friend. And whenever you get victory after victory, God begins to clear the way. You have to commit and keep going. Now listen, there's a couple of things I want to mention. You say, well, Josh, what's some things that will stop momentum? What are some things that will stop momentum? Sin. Sin will stop it. Don't cost yourself, don't cost your family, don't cost your church victory by lost momentum through sin. It affects not only you, but it affects others also. Either you have that voice of the Lord behind you telling you which way to go, pushing you, nudging you, directing you, compelling you to go, or the devil does. In 2 Samuel, I can prove this through Scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 8. David, King David is on an incredible winning streak. You read chapter 8 of that, uh, of that book and it will just show you incredible victories that he had. It goes on to say things like he smote the Philistines. He smote Moab. He smote the king of Zuba. He smote the Assyrians. Everywhere he went, there was just favor and there was just anointing and there was just victory and there was just God's hand clearing the way and there was just this momentum. All these limits had been lifted. And you skip over three chapters and you come to 2 Samuel chapter 11 and the momentum stopped. It was over in that one moment. You say, what moment are you talking about? Adultery with Bathsheba. All of a sudden, this life that had been nothing but victory after victory, it had this momentum, the brakes were put on. It was over in that moment. And can I tell you that sin kills momentum? It causes a stumbling block while carrying the battering ram forward, so to speak. You can imagine if there's soldiers getting ready to storm a, a city gate and they've got the battering ram and they're building up the momentum and then one of them stumbles along the way. And they don't reach their target. And that's exactly what sin will do. God gives you this momentum. He gives you this favor so that you're going forward. And if in the moment you stumble, you go careening off course, and now all the momentum is wasted. And just 
momentum is over. And then if the sin is not repented of, if it's not dealt with, it will stop the forward progression. It's, it causes a loss of confidence. It causes a loss of faith. And your boldness and your victory becomes elusive. Can I tell you that's what's so powerful about this fasting that we're doing in our church? It's people that are setting their mind like a flint toward the things of God. They're getting rid of distractions. They're, they're sacrificing things. They're repenting of things. They're getting rid of things that, that used to be obstacles in their way. And now they're focusing. And there's this momentum that's building up in the church that's helping carry us forward. And listen, when the Holy Spirit is moving in a powerful way in your alone time with Him or in a service, there's a momentum of the Spirit of God and that's the time to get in on what's going on because the momentum of God's outpouring will help carry you through to victory. Listen, if you wasn't up here this morning when the Holy Spirit was moving, you missed out. Well, Josh, I know I'm good. You know, God, things are good. The bills are being paid. Nobody. So listen, praise God for those kind of victories. But listen, there's no end to the kind of victories you need spiritually. Whenever the Holy Spirit is moving, you need to be in on that. Because you're jumping into the move of God and it helps carry you along and it helps encourage you and you get along in this momentum and it carries you on to greater victories. Don't stand back. Don't be a spectator in this thing. Listen, I'm just going to make a statement. If you don't respond when the Holy Spirit is moving, that really tells me you don't care about victory. Up until AI... Joshua and the nation of Israel knew nothing but victory after victory. Then Achan sinned, and now sin was in the camp. And because of his sin, get this, think on this, because of his sin, not only was he limited, but everybody else was limited. Everybody was paying the price. This, this little bitty hole in the wall, crossroads town called AI that really shouldn't have been nothing but a, a blip on the radar that they should have just steamrolled right through because momentum was so much on their side that really it would, have been no, it, would, it would have been enough of a victory that they probably wouldn't have even mentioned it in Scripture because it was just a nothing little town. All of a sudden, because sin was in the game, God hit the brakes. And Joshua doesn't understand. He goes to God, God, what's, what's the problem here? I don't understand what's going on. You, this is not making any sense. And you know the scripture. You can read it for yourself. He goes back and obviously the revelation of AI, what he, or Achan, what he had done, there had to be repented of. There had to be atonement made for all of that. And once it was done, finally, after a period of time, momentum began to come again. But, and, and, and sin has to be repented of in order to keep that momentum going. Listen, their momentum returned. And the Bible says that the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. Amen. Amen. The path of the righteous goes brighter. Listen, as the world around us is falling apart. As the world around us is, is, you know, just turning to sin and all kinds of filth and nastiness and, and iniquity and all this kind of stuff, that's a promise of Scripture. That the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. In other words, it builds upon itself. There's a momentum there. There's no limit to it. 
And we can be in the middle of this kind of godless culture that we're living in and we can just shine bright because of the glory of God and because of the momentum that we've got going forward. And for so many people, just when you thought life was going to be the same old, same old, God can give you a momentum that will lift the limits and that you'll have newfound favor. How many of you want God to lift the limits in your life this year? Things that have held you back, fears, maybe financial things, maybe health things, maybe relationship issues, maybe there's limits going on in marriages, maybe it's strife going on in families, whatever it is, maybe it's just this spiritual depression. It, 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 just that, it's just a spiritual depression where God is wanting to lift the limits and when the Holy Spirit is moving, you say, well, man, that's not really for me. Yes, it is for you. Come on. When the Holy Spirit is moving, when God is moving in your alone time, when, when the pastor calls people forward, that ain't no time to sit back and say, well, it's just a Sunday night. I'll catch up with you on next Sunday morning. No, 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 no. When God is moving, that's momentum. It's help keeping things going. It's taking the battering ram to your obstacles, and you take another ram at it. If that don't work, we're going to back up. I'm going to get some help. We're going to take another ram at this thing. I'm going to keep going until I have breakthrough. I'm going to ask Pastor John if he would go ahead and come. Listen, 2020 and this year, 2020, as I said earlier, it is perfect vision. My prayer is for not just this church, the vision of this church, but for you as an individual to get clarity, perfect clarity on who Jesus is. Perfect clarity on who Jesus is and what that means for you. Oh, I, I know, obviously, the Savior, the Lord, I get all that. But, but, but for your life, for your call, for your mission, for your mandate, for your assignment, you want clarity. I want vision. I want perfect clarity in 2020. This is what the Lord is saying to do because that voice behind me is speaking to me, Isaiah 30. And he's telling me, go this way. Do that. Do this. Do that. And can I tell the church that things have been building in the spirit, the spiritual momentum for years? Are you hearing me? The overall vision that, that the Lord gave this pastor of ours has been building for years and years and years. And we are finally getting to the point where we are about to kick the door down on our obstacles and march right on through. Are you hearing me? This isn't time to sit back. This isn't time to just take a break. This isn't time to just say, well, I'm going to take my ease and out. I've got some good victory. No, 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 no. This is the time to get on board and get in. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. It's the momentous voice of the Lord empowering you. Saying things to you like this, David slew his lion, he slew his bear, and you will slay the giant that is before you in Jesus' name. That's what God is speaking. You have to take it by faith. You've got to jump in this movement of the momentum of God that he has on us right now. Amen? I'm going to ask every person to stand tonight if you would. There's absolutely no limit. There's absolutely no limit to what God can do. You say, prove it scripturally. Okay. Because the Bible says of His kingdom, there is no end. There's no limit. This thing is limitless. We serve a limitless God. There's no limit. There's no limit on your life. 
God has lifted the limits. I believe that in my spirit. If you will just jump and board with what it is the Lord's wanting to do. God's going to have His church. He's going to have His bride. Speaking of limits, Hannah can testify to this last night. Last night, I became a changed man. Hear me, church. I, I, don't, I, I, I know God's wanting to do something. I don't want to waste a lot of time up here, but I, I, I watched a documentary. I got some information, did some reading last night. The fastest growing church, the church, fastest growing church network in the world right now is, is with the United States' greatest enemy, Iran. Can I tell you that the church is exploding in Iran right now? Iran. You know, most of us as Americans, we sit around, oh, you know, nuke them. Blow them off the face of the earth. You know, let's make them the 51st state of America. Let's take the royal, you know, blah, blah. We get all bravado. I mean, I've said stupid stuff like that before. And then you realize that, that those are our brothers and sisters. Here's what's powerful about it. H hear me now. Denominations, church movements. Here, here's my point. God has taken the limit. He's lifted the limits off this thing. He's totally removed the cap. It used to be that nobody could get into Iran. And here's what the Lord is doing. There's no missionaries getting into Iran. They're killing them all. So you know what's happening? The Lord Jesus himself is testifying. The Lord Jesus is showing up to people, these Muslim clerics. He's showing up to them in the middle of the night. And just like he was doing with Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Muslims all over, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you persecute. There is an underground church movement. There's no pastors. Don't have any pastors. Don't have any missionaries. Don't have any teachers. Don't have any apostles. Don't have any prophets as such that are in there. They don't have any church buildings they don't have any kind of money they don't have any 501c3s they don't have any church buses or church budgets there ain't none of that and the church is exploding one testimony I heard listen the limits are lifted One young woman. Oh, God help me. Mm. She testified about how her father had went into business with a man. And at the age of five, how this business partner of her father would come over. And how under the nose of her dad, he would take her off and he would rape her. And this went on for years. And let me also say this. Everybody seems to think that everybody in Iran is a Muslim. That's not true. In fact, Iran is an extremely secular country. The only people that are hardline Muslims in Iran are the clerics, the ones that are in charge of the government. It's a very, very secularized country, just like America. There's not a lot of Muslim practicing Muslims over there. And so this young woman who had given up on her faith in Allah in, in, in the Muslim belief because she, she hated men 
She hated men. This went on for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, she got to the point in her, I believe it was in her 20s, where she had decided enough's enough. She had been depressed. She had been taking depression medications. She had enough of life. She was sick and tired of it. And she decided she was going to kill herself. And all of a sudden, she goes into her room and she rigs up a noose and she puts the noose around her neck. And she hung herself. And she testified in this thing where she said, the next thing she saw was black. And it... And that the next thing she saw, she said, I was looking down and I was on Jesus' shoulders. She said that the Lord had put me on his shoulders. And she said, this father of mine on earth who never would protect me, who never would have anything to do with, who never would uh, keep me safe, Jesus had put me on his shoulders and was carrying me and parading me around and saved her life. And she told him, she said, Jesus, she said, I don't want to go back. She said, I don't want to go back. And all of a sudden, Jesus, he quoted to her, the entire 91st Psalm. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, He Himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will recover you with His feathers you will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will you be, be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. The plague that stalks in darkness or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you, here listen, because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place, no harm shall come to you. No plague will come near you, for He will give His angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the, the young lion and the serpent because he is lovingly devoted to me. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Listen, if you don't get on board, God's going to have a church. This momentum that God is using, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about the movement of God in the Spirit. You know what's powerful? She went on to testify. She said that she, she didn't even know what the 91st Psalm was. 
You went and raised a Christian, then she found out that that's, that was Jesus speaking to me, the Word of God, His, His own Word. She said the next thing she knew, she came to. And she said she was tucked in bed. And the noose was on the floor. Can we give the Lord praise right now? Could you just lift your hands? God is on the move. Limits in your life, limits on this church, limits across this country, limits across the world. Iran, listen, it's exploding. There are brothers and sisters. And listen, my, my prayer to you tonight is if you want to get on this momentum, if you're ready to go from victory to victory to victory, if you're ready to go from, you know, from glory to glory as the Scripture says, I invite you to come right now. Would you come up to the front tonight as a show of, uh, of just ready to move in the Spirit of God? I want you to lift your hands all across this place. Some of you are battling things individually. Things you don't even feel uh, 